Just because something is not perfect does not make it any less worthy of love. Your father made you believe otherwise. He made you believe that you needed to be without fault in order to be loved, but he was wrong. Should you need any proof of the matter then, then just look here. I am tired of pretending, and I cannot continue acting as if I, as if I do not love you, because I do. I love all of you, even the parts that you believe are too dark and too shameful. Every scar, every flaw, every imperfection. I love you. You may think you are too damaged and too broken to ever allow yourself to be happy, but you can choose differently, Simon. You can choose to love me as much as I love you. That should not be up to anyone else. That cannot be up to anyone else. It can only be up to you. Ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, I welcome you to what is perhaps our most salacious episode yet. Welcome <laughs> to Pop Culture Catechism, talking about Bridgerton. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart. Let's get started. What is sexy? As a Christian, as a Catholic, as a person trying to be a decent person, is there such a thing as too sexy? Is there good sexy and bad sexy? And what about in our own lives? How do we know when what we find sexy is good or bad, when our own desires are healthy or unhealthy? Where should we draw the line with sexual content in movies and shows and music? Does this matter if I'm married, if I'm single, or I'm dating? What about sex outside of marriage? What about sex inside of marriage? What is its purpose? Why does it strike to our hearts? Why does it affect us so deeply? All of those are things that are brought up in Bridgerton, one of Netflix's top shows of all time. And I am very, very blessed today to welcome to the podcast my beloved bride, Maddie, who's here, and one of our patrons, you hear her name on every episode, Emily Camberiotti. And uh, so her, her husband, Tom, is home with the kids. Thank you, Tom, <laughs> for lending us, uh, lending her to us. And the reason I have these ladies here is because these are both devout women of God whom I love and respect. And they've both watched Bridgerton, and they have some thoughts. <laughs> and I want to know what their thoughts are. My name is Mike Tenney. I'm a Catholic speaker and worship leader from Washington, D.C. I spent over a decade teaching in Catholic high school education and also trying to make it big as a rock star at night. Now I'm blessed to speak to thousands of people each year at events all over the place and through this podcast, Pop Culture Catechism. This is the gospel according to pop music and movies. We are part of Awakened Catholic, one of eight shows. And in this show, we look for God's love in the media that you're plugged into. So then when we unplug and we put down our phones, put away our tablets, we can then go out and live that love in the real world and have a better understanding of God's love in our life. My goal by the end of this episode is not only may you have a deeper appreciation of Bridgerton, maybe uh, have a more critical eye to look at sexy media, whether that be movies or music, but you would also have a better understanding of God's love in your life and how to live that out, especially through your sexuality. So I hope you're ready for this episode. We're going to talk about some controversial things, which if you're not a first-time listener, if you listen to the show all the time, you know we do not shy away from those things. If you are a new listener, you're welcome here. You may not agree with everything we say or we don't say, but we learn, love to learn from the conversation. So thank you here. And if you have something to say, you can put it in the comments. A special thank you to our patrons who make this show possible uh, through Pop Culture Catechism. 
awakenautism.com and the Awaken app. I am very blessed today to welcome to the show uh, Emily Camberiati and my wife, Maddie. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Good. Emily, yeah. tell us about yourself. All right. Hi, guys. Um, I'm Emily. I'm a wife, a mother to three boys, uh, six, four, and will be two in October. And um, yeah, um, I'm currently a stay-at-home mom, um, keeping up with three little rascals. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, like to, um, I met Mike and Maddie through um, music ministry at their at parish. And great voice, by the way. Oh, <laughs> so, probably won't get to hear her sing today, but she's got a great voice. Yeah. And um, yeah, my background's uh, psychology. I studied psych in undergrad and went to grad school for school psych. But I'm enjoying being home and living out my vocation. Yeah, I remember you, you walked up to us after Mass one time when we were playing, and you were just like, do you guys need singers? And I think my question was, well, are you any good? <laughs> what did I say? Do you remember? I don't, I don't remember, <laughs> but you said you, you'd sung a couple times, and so um, we we welcomed you. It just seemed cool, and, and uh, our families got to know each other. We hit it off right away, and uh, I know you guys are some of our close friends in the area, and we really, uh, like, when we were getting some, some work done in our house, we had to be out of the house. We went and stayed with you guys. Yeah, it was, that was, it was nice, so yeah. uh, we uh, really appreciate well, yeah. you guys' friendship. And what was funny, too, is that when we when I walked up to you guys, my husband was like, she, that, that woman looks really familiar. And then, yeah, my husband, Tom and Maddie went to grade school together for mm -hmm. a couple of years. So. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Who the heck are you? <laughs> I'm Maddie. I'm his wife. You hear um, about her all the time on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so we have two kids, which I'm sure you've heard about in previous episodes. Um, almost six and three. And I am a pediatric nurse practitioner in the She's like hella smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't nocturnal. My kids call me call you nocturnal. Yes. I, uh, <laughs> I have a woman cave that I sleep in during the day that I love. Um, I work nights. Um, yep. Mike stays at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're really tired right now. So yes. I appreciate Very you staying up to <laughs> do this podcast with me. I, yeah. I was dragging around all my adventures like when we went to mission went on mission trip with a bunch of my students to Belize and you did the, like the yeah. uh, encounter the gospel of life one yeah. year with me um, yeah. and like youth ministry is like not your thing really <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, she's always a good sport not. and comes with me and so uh, thank you once again for coming with me on all my crazy adventures and supporting me in all my crazy adventures so those of you who listen to the show know that when I first got asked to do this show my first thought was what do you think of this Mads and she was like oh you'd be awesome with that you'd rock that so she's like my biggest cheerleader mm. and uh, I couldn't do it without your support babe so love you long time all right so <laughs> let's talk about Bridgerton so Bridgerton here's the show description it says during the Regency era in England their eight close-knit siblings of the powerful Bridgerton family attempt to find love so I had to look up the Regency England the Regency era in England apparently it happened in the early 1800s just before the Victorian era. So that's about where we are, like 1800s French Revolution era. Um, and for a time, it was the biggest show on Netflix. I think it's been eclipsed by Stranger Things and maybe Squid Game. Uh, but currently, its seasons uh, sit at number four and five of the all-time biggest shows on Netflix. It has two seasons, excuse me, has two seasons so far with plans for a third and a fourth as well. Now, this show is known for being like really... Porny, steamy, <laughs> spicy, <laughs> steamy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it definitely kind of walks walks that line. Um, so, what I want to talk about is, you know, you both are you're you're both women of prayer, involved in the church, good marriages, good parents, holy women, and uh, you both seem to have found something redeeming in this show, which I think a lot of people would 
say is just kind of like trashy. And, um, Anyway, so I just want to—I just wanted to see what that was about. I have not watched this show. I just kind of want to hear what you guys have to say. I watched like a recap on YouTube of seasons one and two, so I have a, a little bit of a background. But I'm—I'm I'm mostly hoping here to kind of be a facilitator and then kind of throw some theology in there every once in a while. But mostly, I want to hear what you guys uh, have to say about the show. So first of all, uh, what do you think, like, just artistically about like how the show is shot and acted and all those sorts of things? What are some things that you like about the show? Um. Well, you just talked about how it's set in the 1800s but like costumes and yeah. and that type Gorgeous. of stuff is, yeah um but not like really consistent it's like modernized right like yeah. their their dresses and and stuff so that's that's kind of cool um I, I remember love- when you first watched it you loved the music yeah they do like classical orchestra but like modern pop music mm-hmm. like yeah. songs that are relevant to kind of the storyline. I heard so like a, just, a version of a Maroon 5 song that was all yeah, like Maroon string 5. quartet. Yeah, they yeah. have like a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball yeah. like to a string quartet. So just Which I didn't pick up on at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you you told me and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's what's going on. Like I've gone on. back and just listened so, yeah, to the yeah, music yeah. just because I'm like, this is so neat how they do it. And just the, the, I love the choreography and like the dance numbers to those songs are just really beautiful. And um, yeah, just kind of, I feel like when you watch it, you're like drawn into the world, just how well it's put Mm -hmm. on. I I feel like almost every woman I know loves like the courtship stuff for some reason. I don't know. Can can you tell me like what, what is it about that? Like the, like the, the, I'm not even like Mr. Darcy, what's that from? Um, um, Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, like all, yeah. all that sort of stuff where there there's like uh, you know they're supposed to have a chaperone if they go somewhere, and then there's there's just a, this very elaborate by nowadays standards sense of courtship that you know just doesn't exist anymore. Like what what is it about there that 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 speaks to so many women's hearts? I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, in this show specifically, I mean, just the whole like being presented to society and um, all the dressing up and like Daphne's claimed as the diamond (laughs) of, you know, the season. And um, it's just like very, this show at least, it's very like princess, like Mm -hmm. all the women. Um, I love too. uh, I don't know if we want to dive into the theology at all yet. Okay. Well, I just was going to say that I just love the, just I'm kind of a sucker for romance and just like a man pursuing a woman and just, I don't know, just I feel like that's one of the things I love about Christianity, just Jesus pursuing us and he's like the ultimate romancer and is always trying to win over our hearts and he just pursues us in a way with, with love and waits patiently for us and it's like, you know, our own will to love mm. him back. Um, yeah. and so I just feel like. I don't know well, if that dives way too deep no, into that, but just well, I love, and I feel like just yeah. the story of a classic of a man pursuing a woman um, is just beautiful, and I feel like just really tugs at the female heart. Yeah, so the in the scriptures, there's a bunch of metaphors that the scriptures use to describe God's relationship with his people, and the most common one is one of father to child, but the second most common one is one of a groom to the bride. And, you know, from, from the beginning, there's Adam and Eve, like the, sometimes they say that, uh, the Bible starts with a wedding and ends with a wedding because the 22nd chapter of the book of revelation is this wedding feast of the lamb of God, Jesus. And it says that the heavenly Jerusalem, which is heaven comes down like a bride adorned for her husband on her wedding night. And it's like, 
the end of the world in Catholic and in, in the Bible is compared to wedding night sex. Like that's what the end of the world is yeah. compared to. Like she's come down, she's dressed for her husband on the wedding night. Like that's that's God welcoming his his people. So um yeah that's Jesus that's was, totally yeah. Jesus' first miracle too was oh, a wedding. Oh yeah was that a wedding that's absolutely what, yeah so it's totally yeah. throughout yeah. all of scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah so what is in this show? So let's let's kind of start with there this show is mostly known I think for kind of like the steamy sex scenes. Um, there's a lot of that. So let's, let's kind of talk about that first. Mm -hmm. Um, like as married women of prayer, you're watching this show and it gets really steamy. Like, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? It's really explicit. (laughs) (laughs) Like to the point that I was, I was like, do I tell Maddie that I watched this show? (laughs) She's a good friend. Do I admit that I watched this? Yeah, I watched it because she recommended it. <laughs> um, no, it it really is um, quite ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, when you're watching it, you're just like, "Is this for real?" Like, right? Oh my! Are they allowed to gosh. show this? Yeah. Good grief! Yeah. Is, it, is it a lot of nudity? Uh almost. Most, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's some nude scenes where. Um, like her brother is an artist, so like he goes into this place where they're painting like portraits of naked women, mm-hmm. um, and um, there's not really any. Uh, there's like guy butts. That's what I was about to uh, say. I feel like it's either chest up or the back yeah. of a male. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if it's like during an intimate scene, it's not. Yeah. Y- there's not really chest up on a woman. So, so what's ridiculous? I, is it just like a lot of noises and? Uh, thrusting and (laughs) yeah yeah there's um there's a lot of thrusting (laughs) (laughs) noises and um but they just position the camera in just the right way so you don't see any of the the quote-unquote naughty bits right yes maybe maybe in a more holistic catholic theology sense we would say the beautiful bits you know one time i was in class and a a student referred to sex as doing the naughty and i was like well if you're if you're doing the naughty you're doing it wrong sex is supposed to be beautiful so within marriage it's doing the beautiful and then for the rest of the year sex was referred to in class as doing the beautiful Um, but so I kind of like, um, rewatched the season to, mm-hmm. because like you were like jotting down your notes and stuff. And I was like, good grief. I can't even remember the character names. <laughs> like who was she talking about? I had about? to Google it again. So, <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. So I kind of like double speed, like went through to just kind of like jog my memory and, I was saying to Mike yesterday, I was like, nobody should watch this show. This is like absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And then today I was like, this show is so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a roller coaster. It's it is. Like, yeah. And but the first season specifically, like when I talk about how um, good it is, I'm talking about the first season. Mm-hmm. We can talk a little about the, bit about the second season but I think the first season is so rich in like Catholic undertones yeah. and we've talked about this yeah. but um uh, really Simon, I feel like I wouldn't have kept watching it and recommended it if I hadn't seen some of those themes you know like yeah yeah with, for so, it being a secular show there's yeah I mean to start off with like Simon and Daphne's relationship um you know Daphne is like a smart woman and she's not um like the other 
women who Mm -hmm. are just like trying to marry for status and just swooning over whoever has the highest status. Like she, she's looking for love Mm -hmm. because that's where her parents have. So she's from a big family. She's, there's like five or six of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and her parents uh, married for love and had a really beautiful relationship, which in this society wasn't really common. And that's what the mom hopes for all her kids. And that's what Daphne is looking for as well. Um, and so, um, Simon, her, her love interest is this, is this Duke, like, so he's really high status and super gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and all the women just kind of like, want to like swoon over him. And Daphne has no idea who he is. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, so not into him because of his, um, his, uh, you know, ego and stuff. So they come up with this pact to, for those of you who haven't watched it, what they do, they come up with this pact, you know, Daphne wants more suitors. And then Simon, he doesn't want to get married. So he wants women to stay away from him. So they come up with this pact to like act like they're courting each other. other. And that keeps women away from Simon because they think he's interested in Daphne. Mm -hmm. And then it makes all the other men want Daphne more Mm -hmm. because the Duke is after her. So tell me about their relationship and what specifically you thought was like where, where, where you saw like the good Christian. Yeah. So because they kind of like had it off the table um, Mm -hmm. of like them being suitors, their, their courtship was based off of friendship. Yeah. Um, which was really beautiful. So like they were just friends right. and it was from that solid foundation that they grew to love each other mm-hmm. and not like, Oh, you're a Duke. Oh, right. you're a beautiful woman. Like yeah. this is a contract kind of thing. Yeah. There was like a n- friendship that almost grew into a natural attraction to each other yeah. instead of it just being like, Oh yeah, you have a title and a lot of money yeah. and I want to be a, the wife of a duke or whatever. Yeah. Like and there they, was a, yeah, an they were attraction. Like, yeah. They, and they were like equals, like right. um, mentality wise, like mm-hmm. the way they would, the way they talk to each other and stuff. And, you know, when they do end up wanting to get married, that's how they convince the queen to let them get married quicker is, mm-hmm. you know, Simon says like, she's my best friend basically. Yeah. And the queen is like, you're very lucky to mm-hmm have found how important it is to have friendship as a basis of marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And she grants them being married quicker because of this. I feel like you and I specifically, like our friendship has been like so important to our marriage throughout the years. And and I feel like when we first started dating, it was kind of like, that was a good first date. (laughs) That was a good second date. That was a good third date, you know, but it was, it was like good enough for the next date, but it wasn't like we were crazy about each other yeah. right away. And then a couple months in, we were like, yeah. okay, this is something. And then seven months in, we were engaged. Seven months after that, we were married. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah. it, it definitely picked up, you know, yeah. but, but I feel like even, even through our, especially the early parts of our marriage, um, you know, when we had some rough spots, like just relying on that friendship, like that has been so rock solid for us. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you are out there and someone in who is, is, is dating, just like, that's my advice for you is just like really, yeah, focus, focus on the friendship and make sure the person that you're with is somebody who can be like a really, really good friend. Um, 
Cause I definitely dated some girls who were super beautiful and in some ways like great girlfriends, but like not necessarily somebody I would have been friends with were I not like really attracted to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like even if I wasn't attracted to you, I'd still want to be friends with you cause I think you're awesome. So, yeah. um, yeah, but I also think you're super beautiful. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let's get into. She doesn't even let those compliments. <laughs> She's, <laughs> like, She's so used to it. <laughs> Like, I'm just gonna that keep is, going. <laughs> half of my day is flirting, basically. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to it when he's like every hour on the hour. Like, he's still, he's extra, still romancing, you know, it's ex- gorgeous. Extra yeah. with extrovert it's sprinkles great. on top. That's what it is right here. I love it. Um, <laughs> All right, so tell so me more, more about the, the, the good themes you see in their relationship. Yeah. So. so that's one of the good themes. And then um, what else? You say something. <laughs> um, I would say just like once are we going to dive into like once they're married too? Yeah. Are we going See, there? it gets okay. into when they're married. Yeah. So that's okay. good. You know, Do yeah. they have sex before they're married? No. No. They don't. No. Wow. Yeah. Score one. Yeah. Score one for Simon. And, and that's why you've, I feel a little better right? <laughs> because like all, like the scenes between them, like they're married, mm-hmm. you know, right. it's yeah. beautiful. Um, so Daphne has, no, like her mom, she doesn't know anything about sex. She doesn't know about the act. Um, I, I feel like people who haven't watched the show, they need like some understanding. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, she doesn't know anything about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, her mom didn't teach, she doesn't know how a baby's made. Yeah. And Simon. Even though she has seven siblings. Yes, <laughs> yes. And there's like a scene where her mom tries to talk to her about it like a couple nights before the mm-hmm. wedding and she's like, oh, you know, you remember the two dogs <laughs> on the farm? <laughs> I forgot well, about that scene. they yeah. had babies. Right. And they didn't have to think about yeah. it. Like, And right. Daphne is just like, like totally confused yeah. but like feels like she's supposed to be understanding supposed what her mom right. is talking to her yeah. about. But yeah. Um, just just very, very sheltered and innocent in that mm-hmm. aspect. And um, Simon is very, ex- very experienced. experienced. Yeah. Um, that's a uh, really quick. I feel like that's a criticism. I feel like one thing that I love about the show is that it's these eight siblings whose parents like really loved each other and didn't just marry for status and money. But like they married for love and that's what the mom's always, the dad passes away when the kids are younger. But the mom's always encouraging them like to marry for love and like, you know, the siblings all love each other. And I feel like there's just such a great foundation and ideal there. However, I'm like, man, this mom like did not have the conversations that she should have with her daughters and, because an yeah. ongoing conversations. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't just be a one time. Yeah. Sit down when you're 13. Mm-hmm. And that, and you. that is yeah. common still today as yeah. someone who has, you know, talked about sex with literally thousands of teenagers over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, I always ask, I always say, all right, everyone in the class, like, whose parents told them about sex? And it's it's about half and half. Like, uh, it's very yeah. frequently a minority. Uh, a lot of them find out from a friend or from pornography or they just found out about something. Like, a lot of parents just don't know how to bring it up and talk mm-hmm. to their kids. And I feel like that's yeah. so important because they're going to find mm-hmm. out about it other and ways. Yeah. Something like that happens in the show. Um, 
since Daphne has, like, no idea and she's trying to figure it out. Because, like, once she's starting to develop feelings for Simon, she's starting to get, like, kind of, like, sexual feelings. And she's, like, doesn't know quite where to put it. Like, she starts dreaming about him and just yeah. kind of, like, feeling that tension. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to Simon <laughs> because she doesn't know. And Simon's like, oh, you know, it's, like, a natural progression of, like, when you touch yourself at night. And, and she's like, what? <laughs> has no idea. And he's like, you don't touch yourself. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So anyways, like that's, she, like her first understanding it basically is masturbation mm-hmm. because that was Simon's understanding. Which, and which is also a lot of people's understanding mm. today. Yeah. So, um, and that's, that's where people will go. They'll mm-hmm. go to their friends and then like they have a poor understanding of, you know, sexuality, um, and then it just kind of continues on. Yeah. And I feel like there's almost this, like, kind of, like, shame and pressure, like, well, I should know, and I don't ask questions, you Mm -hmm. know, like, I'm sure among, like, teens or whatever, like, I should know what's going on, so I'm not going to ask. So nowadays, they just go to Google, and, you know, they find out. So I I think it's, like, super important to to talk to your kids about, and again, have it be an ongoing conversation, because... Kids are curious. They're they're gonna they're gonna go. So, um, and I, I feel like as adults, so many of us have still some issues regarding sex because it is so shrouded in in shame and mm-hmm. and um, even well-meaning religious people a lot of times can pour a whole lot of heaping dose of shame like oh mm-hmm. sex is bad and sex is dirty and and the real vision of sexuality from a Christian perspective is sex is this beautiful, powerful thing. Um, When I was teaching about sexuality, I would often use the image of a fire. Like fire is one of the most amazing inventions ever. Like it, it powers the combustion engine that, runs all our vehicles that like runs our power plants is why we have lights and cameras. Like it's, it's how we run our society. It keeps us warm. It cooks our food. Like it's how civilization was built, but everywhere you go on the side of the road, there's a fire hydrant. Every town has a a fire department. There's sprinklers and a fire code. Like we have so many precautions around fire, not because fire is bad, but because fire is powerful. Mm -hmm. And sex is the same way. We have all these rules and regulations and and guides for sex, not because sex is bad, but because sex is powerful. Mm -hmm. And when it's good, like it's, it's awesome. I have a a quote here from a, This is uh, from the Catechism of the Catholic Church itself. It says, the acts in marriage whereby the or this is uh, paragraph 2362 if you want to look it up. The acts in marriage by which the intimate and chaste union of the spouses takes place are noble and honorable. The truly human performance of these acts fosters the self-giving they signify and enriches the spouses in joy and gratitude. Sexuality is a source of joy and pleasure. The creator himself established it in the generative function. Spouses should experience pleasure and enjoyment of body and spirit. Therefore, the spouses do nothing evil in seeking this pleasure and enjoyment. They accept what the creator has intended for them. At the same time, spouses should know how to keep themselves within the limits of just moderation. So even within marriage, there's this chastity. And we use this word chastity in the church. And most people think it means just not having sex, which is abstinence. Abstinence is, is what that means, uh, not having sex. But chastity is the, the virtue. It's the good quality of using your sexuality. And the way the catechism says is in a truly human way not just like animals, not just like the dogs, right? It's two people connecting and it's, it's not about the, the performance. It's about the vulnerability and the openness to each other. It's about two people just saying, I love you completely. 
I love you completely. I accept everything from you. Um, and we talk in the church that the, the and four, I give everything and I give you. everything to yeah. you. I give everything to you and I accept everything from you. I'm open to kids. The, the, um, the four traditional marriage vows in, in Christianity and, and the Catholic church still uses this are free, total, faithful, fruitful. And the priest will ask you this at your, at your Catholic wedding. Have you come here freely and without reservation to give yourself totally to this person? So that's the second one total free. Have you come here freely? Second, without reservation to give yourself totally to this person. Uh, will you be faithful to them? That's the third one as, as husband or wife. And will you accept children lovingly from God and bring them up according to the law of love in the church? And so not, you're not just, like, I, I remember that song that was out a few years ago. It was like, tonight, give me everything tonight. <laughs> and that song is right and wrong, right? Because it's wrong because sex does give you everything, right? But in marriage, like, it's actually, it's actually giving everything, right? You're standing up there in front of your family and their family and God and the whole community and saying, I'm going to take this person and I'm going to take care of them even if they get cancer next week. Mm-hmm. Even if they turn out to be an addict, even if this, even if that, I give that myself to you totally. I, tonight, give me everything, right? But the way Neo sings that song is like, hey, on the dance floor, give me everything. But he, does, he doesn't, night. yeah, but yeah. he doesn't mean it. He doesn't yeah. mean it. Like, he's not saying, I want to have kids with you tonight. You know, I want to share a mortgage with you tonight. You know, I want to, when you're old and incontinent, I want to change your diapers for you tonight. Like, but that's what, that's the beauty of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. That is what, sex signifies it's a total self gift and the reason why the church has all these rules like don't have sex outside of marriage don't cheat on your spouse even everything down to 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 contraception and 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 homosexuality and every sexual rule the church has it all comes down to this total self-gift of these two complementary bodies and the way that man and woman can unite themselves is like nothing else and it's a symbol of our relationship with god and as much as I want you when you want me. And as much as we can unite ourselves, like that is just a foretaste of how much God wants us mm-hmm. and how much we want God and how we're going to be united to him in heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's just like <laughs> mind blown is this beautiful vision that we just get like a small taste of it here. Yeah. So anyway. that's um, all that is a really good segue awesome. into <laughs> um, all the like Catholicness of Daphne right, lay it on me. Okay. So they get married. And Simon, had, he had a rough life. Um, his dad was like a complete jerk, absent father. Mother died when he was born. Um, just, um, he has this, yeah, yeah, a lot of trauma. And he has, a, and his dad was obsessed with continuing the lineage. So, mm. like, that's why his mom kind of died, because he was obsessed with... Having a son. Having a son. Yeah. Um, and... He makes a promise to his dad, a vow to his dad at, on his deathbed, and he's like, "I just want you to know that the the, the family line like stops die- with me, like, stops I will with not me, have an heir." Yeah. yeah. Um. So they get married, and Sim. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. He tells her, "I cannot have children," so she thinks. Well, she doesn't understand really how children are made, anyways. But she thinks, "Oh, like there's it's something, something physically. biologically, physically wrong with him." He cannot have children. And she accepts that because she loves him. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, they get married and they're on their honeymoon and it's just like wedded bliss. Um, And you said something about um, like the complementarity of the bodies and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And the the first scene where, you know, their honeymoon night, I 
I really kind of love because, you know, she's she's kind of like, what's going on? What's this mm-hmm. I'm feeling? Like, what are you doing? And, you know, he says, like, do you want me to stop? I would like you to show you more. And, you know, they're, they're you know, getting together and they're on the bed and there's like this natural um, instinct that Daphne's yeah. like, Simon, I need you closer. Yeah. There's like, she knows mm-hmm. that there's a way to be closer. Right. Um, and you know, and that's when he kind of like takes off his pants and she looks at him and she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of like in the notebook when like, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> she like, it like connects and she, yeah. it's like this intuition that like, oh, our bodies go together right. and like, yeah. and we're united. Mm-hmm. So um, John Paul II, who was our Pope two popes ago, he wrote the theology of the body, which is all about sexuality. And he says, um, you know, it says in the book of Genesis that, God tries to, he God looks at Adam and he says, it's not good for the man to be alone. And so he gives him all these animals, but none of them are a suitable partner. And finally, when he makes Eve from, from his core, from his heart, from his rib says, at last, this one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Mm-hmm. And what he says is what that means is like, it's not good for man to be alone. Like we're meant for a relationship and we're meant for community. And that's written into our bodies. Like if aliens from outer space came and they found just a man and they examined his body, they'd be like, all right. Respiratory system, check. Cardio system, check. Reproductive system, huh. There's only half a system here, right? They could hypothesize a woman from the man's body by what's missing, right? Mm-hmm. And if they found a woman's body, they could do the same thing. Like, there's something missing here that doesn't add up. Like, the, the mm-hmm. bodies, the, the, the sexual reproductive systems are two halves of a whole. Mm-hmm. And John Paul II says, like, that is, God put that in our bodies so that we would know that we're meant for relationship mm-hmm. and not in relationship with each other and relationship with God. And what did Jesus say is the two great commandments? Love God above all things and love your neighbor as yourself. And God wrote that like on our bodies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, okay, okay. So, so he, he, son- she wants him closer. Yes. They get closer. They get real close. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyways, but uh, every time, um, you know, they climax, um, yeah. Simon withdraws. And Meaning like he pull, pulls, he pulls out. He out. pulls out. This is not the episode to listen to with your kids, by the way. Sorry, I should have said that earlier. We are parents, so. but don't listen to yeah. kids. <laughs> Unless um, you want to talk with them about sex. That's and true. Then maybe, yeah, so I'm anyway, a nurse. Well. I'm very comfortable <laughs> talking about things. Yeah, sorry. So he, um, he, he pulls out and does not climax inside of him. Yes, yeah. and she doesn't think anything of it mm-hmm. she doesn't um because she's never she been doesn't know she she has <laughs> no idea been, yeah. how a baby is right. made like um so of course like um one of the um maids was was talking about something and she kind of got clued into like a man's seed and she mm-hmm. kind of was like she kind of like she like starts to kind she of, starts to think yeah. about it and she realizes that the next time they have sex, you know, he does that and she like realizes, okay, that's his seed. Mm -hmm. And so then she goes to another, um, maid of hers and she's like, I need you to tell me, yeah, start to beginning. How does this work? And when she finds out she is absolutely distraught, she feels so betrayed, um, that he's keeping that from mm-hmm. her. She she's just yeah. she's it's just, heartbroken because yeah. right. it's no longer this. Oh, you you. It's not that you cannot have children. It's you're explicitly you will not. Well, you will not. You're yeah. and you're she's keeping like, it from me. It's not like an yeah. open conversation, and it's not a free, total, faithful 
fruitful after. Yeah, yeah. which you is know, totally in line yeah. with with Catholic teaching right. on, yes, on contraception. Yes. Like if two people are biologically unable to have children, like that's not a sin on their right. part and their their sex is still complementarity. Mm-hmm. It's still a total self-gift. They're not holding anything back. Or, or two mm-hmm. couples who are having sex during a time when a, the woman is infertile, either during part of her period or after menopause, um, like they're not withholding anything back. Mm-hmm. But with the act of contraception, then you're like intentionally sterilizing an otherwise fertile act. And so you're, you're withholding something. And that's, that's one of the reasons that the church is against contraception is because it says you're, you're not giving yourself totally to that person. You're withholding your fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is like, a, it's kind of schizophrenic because sex is always supposed to be this total self gift, this bonding of the spouses, which is also open to life. And that's a spiritual life for the joy of the couple, but also an openness to, 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 to physical life. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry. Yes. Yeah. So, um, okay. So she so knows, she knows how it's done. She knows what she, yeah, he's so holding she, back. So what does she do about it? Does she do anything about it? Oh yeah. She does. something. <laughs> okay. What does she do? She, uh, <laughs> takes control <laughs> and, um, you know, so they like have a completed act for the first time and he's like, what did you do? And she's like, what, you know, I had, she wanted to see if it's, it was true that that's what he was doing. So when she found out how upset he was because he, you know, climaxed inside of her, um, he, he was just, he was so upset. And up until this point, Simon hadn't revealed like all his childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. She has, she knows nothing about this vow, his relationship with his dad. She doesn't know anything. So she just knows that like, he's just not fully giving himself to her and, and she doesn't understand why. And he eventually um, talks about his vow to his dad, but still not really any of the trauma Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. it. And she says, she was like, you know, what about your vows to me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. She said, you know. You're married to your dad. Yeah. Yeah. A dad who's not even walking the earth anymore. What about your vows to me? And I find that interesting because like, to me, that her, what she's saying makes sense as a Catholic. Yeah, you know for sure. the the vow that she's talking about, but norm, you know, a lot of you know secular culture like that, like free, you know, total self is not really a part of vows. But yeah. like in mm-hmm. her mind, it was yeah. like you know mm-hmm. you are withholding a big part of you, mm-hmm. and it, it didn't really even seem like to me it was about like her actually getting pregnant or having right. a baby. It was because, yeah. like, I feel you like she are just, not yeah. totally she, giving yeah. yourself to me. Yeah, and I feel like and she just instinctively almost, like, knew that, like, there was something missing, which is kind of yeah. why, like I was saying earlier, why I almost recommended this show to Maddie because I was like, I feel like for a secular show, it has so many, like, Catholic undertones because, yeah. like, she knows and, like, even in season two or whatever, like, every sexual act that's outside of marriage, like there's either like heartbreak or somebody gets hurt. Like, yeah. And even within the marriage, like I feel like she instinctively knows that, you know, it's pleasurable. It feels good. Like they're learning about their bodies and, but like she kind of, is like, okay, what's going on? Like there's something not quite Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like that's just really shows the beauty of the vocation of marriage and the marital act and how you are supposed to give of each other, you know, yeah, fully. Absolutely. Yeah. Something I was going to say before, just as as a man um, in our society, like men aren't supposed to have feelings, and you know we're supposed to be strong, and we're not supposed to like let you know we're supposed to be low maintenance and not let there be any problems or whatever. And I feel like that's been a 
area of growth in our own marriage mm-hmm. of like, I have to let you know when things are wrong. Otherwise, mm-hmm. how are you supposed to know how to love me? You mm-hmm. know, and how are you supposed to know how to, how to help me? And mm-hmm. I feel like, th- especially in the first few years of our marriage, every once in a while, like I would just randomly, seemed random, especially to you, kind of out of the blue, have a bad day. And you'd be like, where is all this coming from? <laughs> and I'd be like, well. You're never <laughs> upset or anxious or whatever. So what's your problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, I felt like in a lot of ways I was loving you by trying to deal with that stuff in other ways, trying to not let it out. But I was actually keeping you from loving me by not letting you know mm-hmm. that this was bothering me or that was bothering me or I would, I would have liked this or this was happening. And, um, anyway, so I feel like that's been a real area of growth for us. And, um, we feel a lot more connected and I feel a lot more loved and you feel a lot more like it mm-hmm. just, it just has been good yeah. all the way around. So, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. You're talking a little bit before this too. I feel like that's a like theme in the show is that like the male characters, the main male characters in both seasons, both Simon and Anthony, like they bury their feelings, they bury this like trauma from their past and it, you know, affects their present, it affects their future mm-hmm. and like I feel like there's some beauty like I feel like in our current age right now of like people seeking out mental health resources and and making that a priority in their lives and recognizing like, I don't want to carry on like generational trauma from my past or like, mm-hmm. or as men, like you mentioned, like being able to talk with your spouse or with a friend or somebody you can trust about how you're feeling so that you're not just, you know, this, I'm like macho, I need to cover this up. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, men are allowed to be mad or happy. Right. Like those are the two yeah. emotions. We're not allowed to be sad. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to be insecure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times men just, just get angry and they get aggressive yeah. and that's how they cover it up. Um, and, uh, I've, I listen the restore the glory podcast. I had, um, uh, Jake Kim on the Batman episode a few months back. And one of the things he says on the restore the glory podcast, it's two Catholic psychologists is he says, you know, really at the core of every man is this little boy. That's just like, please love me. <laughs> please love me. <laughs> please love me. <laughs> and especially when it comes to sex, like, you know, we're supposed to be macho and be able to do this and do that and perform or whatever. But like at the core, it's just like, you just want to be loved. And, when you're not able to accept that, then you can't actually be a real man. And, and as Christians, who should be our model of real manliness is Christ. And Christ is the lion and the lamb. Yes, he's strong. Yes, he's powerful. Yes, he can stand up to Pilate. And yes, he can stand up to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Roman guard. But he's also like gentle and he like weeps at Lazarus's tomb and he like weeps in the garden and he like he's like so tender and gentle and like learning that gentleness and that strength, like that should, for me should be like my model of manliness, not like Tom Cruise and Top Gun or (laughs) or whoever, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, so back, so they they do end up having a completed act. Yes. Okay. And Um, does Simon stay mad or do they? Oh yeah. He's so mad. He's like, you know, I'm going to watch until I know whether you're pregnant or not. And if you're not pregnant, I'm, you know, will live as husband and wife and name only. Mm. Um, so they're just like really mad at each other, but like at the same time, like they really love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of on the point that you guys were just talking about, like um, men kind of sharing their feelings and stuff. Um, Daphne has to go kind of like behind Simon to figure out where all this, you know, right. He doesn't, vendetta he's not open. Kind of, yes. Yeah, so she like finds letters. 
she finds letters from her father and past. she kind of yeah. fr- figures out his past and it changes her heart and mm-hmm. she approaches it not from uh, anger and bitterness, but she kind of decides like, I love him. And mm-hmm. uh, it, this, the, yeah, the, quote. the yeah. cold opening, that's mm-hmm. where this quote is from is, you know, she, she, um, like I love she, all of she you. approaches yeah. yeah she approaches yeah. him with love and mm-hmm. and understanding mm-hmm. and that kind of makes Simon feel safe mm-hmm. and that's really where his conversion of heart comes mm-hmm. and you know he ends up making that choice of freely giving himself and I really think it's amazing how the actors like maybe I'm just reading into things because I'm Catholic, but (laughs) you know, all the like scenes and the acts, just like you were talking about, Mm -hmm. like Daphne, like knows something's like, there's a different tone to it. And then in one of the last scenes with the two of them, when he like totally gives himself and it's a completed act, like Mm -hmm. by choice, they're Mm -hmm. not trying to like deceive each other. Right. There is like a total different tone to that Mm -hmm. scene. Yeah. There's like, yeah, like freedom and like yes, true yes, love. Yes, it's really yeah. beautiful yeah, it and just yeah. like the 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 way the actors like mm-hmm. act it out and mm-hmm. are able to portray that. It's pretty right. amazing. Yeah. Um, another thing that I found very Catholic is, um, and this is more on Daphne, but like, um, you know, all the scenes where like they're doing like foreplay or something, um. It's always, com- like, it always ends with oh, yeah. a completed I, act, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, like, you know, Simon will be going down on Daphne. <laughs> and, you know, she'll be like, like she'll be like, wait. And, like, you know, yeah. they come together. And, right. you know, or he'll, like, be doing other stuff. And he'll be like, tell, you, tell me what you want. And mm. she's like, I want you. And it's, like, it's interesting how that, is how it always ends up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, so for for those of you who are not familiar with <laughs> with uh, Catholic theology We're on this, so, <laughs> yeah. So so in Catholic theology on sex, like sex, like should always ha- like include intercourse. Like you, like or, like oral sex or, or manual stimulation should never like substitute for the completed intercourse act of sex like you should never be like well we don't want to get pregnant so let's just do oral sex or let's just do manual stimulation or, or something like that like it, it should be like foreplay after play but it should come it should end with male climaxing in the woman so it is that free total faithful fruitful complementarity um of the sexes and I think a lot of people hear that and they're just like, why is the church like so nitty gritty on like what acts you do and, 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 and all that sort of thing. But I always try to remind people of this is like at the, at the, the core of every single rule in the church is the good of the person and love. And when you start to substitute those acts, when you say, oh, well, we're not going to do sex. And this, this goes for, for people who are not married too. And they say, oh, well, we're, we're, we're not really breaking any rules because we're just doing oral sex or we're just doing manual stimulation or something like that. Like what happens is the people start to use each other for emotional and physical pleasure. And a lot of people think, well, as long as, as, long as we really love each other, and when they say really love each other, what they mean is have really strong feelings for each other, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is not real love. Right. <laughs> um, by the way, the, the root of the word infatuation, it, like if you go back to the root, it literally means false fire. 
means like a fake fire. Like it, it looks like fire, but it can't actually give you like warmth and, and do anything. Mm-hmm. And that's what so that's what those things end up doing if it's not in a committed relationship, if it's not free, total, faithful, fruitful, committed in marriage. Like if it's not that, the people start to use each other. And when you understand that, then all the other things about Catholic Church teaching on sex, premarital sex, uh, homosexual relationships, all of that starts to make sense. Yeah. Um, and and love is the meaning of love is to will the good of the other. Exactly. And I mentioned that. Yeah. So are you doing that outside of marriage? Are you doing that when you're not able to fully give yourself? Yep. No, I feel like you, yeah. you know if you answer that question, do I actually love this person? Mm-hmm. Am I willing their good? Or am I just using them? Yeah, yeah. if you if you yeah. really love them, like there there are four four loves four four words for love in Greek, and that's the language of the New Testament. Um, and it's like philia, which is like the friendship love, um, eros, which is like the passionate love of romance, uh, storge, which is like the familial love, and then agape, which is the love of God. It's the virtue which perfects the other three. It's the self sacrificial love, and marriage is all four. And so when you say I really love this person, well then you're married because they're your friend, mm-hmm. you're passionate for them they're now your family and you're laying down your life for them self-sacrificially. So if you're not married, you don't actually really love them <laughs> totally, right? You might, you might love them in some of those ways, but until you've stood up in front of God and all their family and said, I'm going to take care of this person no matter what and give myself to them and accept and let them accept me. It's not, it's not the sort of love that sex says it is right. And sex is speaking of that total self gift. So if you're having sex and it's not marital, you're actually saying something untrue. You're actually like lying with your body. Your body is saying, I give myself to you completely, but you haven't actually done that, right? Your, your, bo- your bodies are trying to like link genetic codes and create a new immortal soul. <laughs> like that's what your bodies are trying to do, you know? Um, and I say none of this in judgment because I mean, I've made mistakes. We've made mistakes. All of us are, are, are sinners in need of grace and God loves us and like accepts us back. So I say none of this in judgment or to like bring up anybody's sins before them. Um, but if you're playing with fire and it's not in like a stable married relationship, it's going to burn you, you know? Mm-hmm. So in other areas, yeah, there's in gonna other be trust areas. issues or, you mm-hmm. know, insecurities or, or, or drama and trauma and issues when you do get married later mm-hmm. on, like, mm-hmm. that, like all that stuff comes back up, you know? Um, so, um, sorry, go ahead. Did you have somewhere you were going from that? Uh, no, I have some random thoughts okay, so that we're, aren't connected. Yeah. So we got to kind of wrap this up. I kind of want to push back a little bit okay, okay. <laughs> because, um, I, I agree. Like it's totally like based on what you guys have said, it is really beautiful the way that they come together and he learns to be vulnerable and he changes. I think there can be something harmful about this. If you listen to our Sarah Bareilles episode, um, with Kirsten Lyons from the crushed podcast, she shared a story about how it was really important for her to realize that the story that she got from like every movie, romantic movie growing up is that if a man really loves you, he will change for you. Mm-hmm. And that means you're worth yeah. it. And mm-hmm. I think that can be a really destructive a narrative for women to believe, and it's in this show, right? Mm-hmm. That this this idea that oh, I got the dangerous man, and I'm all innocent and virtuous, but he's like dangerous and a bad boy. But I can change him because like I'm beautiful and wonderful enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And he does change, and a lot of people chase that and end up in abusive relationships, mm-hmm. right? And so, <laughs> I think you gotta really be careful about that. And it makes a great story, it makes a great show, mm-hmm. but you got you gotta be careful. And the the other thing I was thinking is. Um, it is really beautiful how Daphne just kind of naturally seems to know what to do and he's all experienced and knows what to do and they, mm-hmm. they have like this beautiful thing. But like 
for a lot of people, I would guess like for most people, sex is not that easy. And Mm -hmm. like, I know so many people that are struggling, like she's having trouble having an orgasm. He's all hung up on stuff. He was taught about sex as a kid. Um, you know, premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction, um, th- there's this thing with, uh, like vaginismus or something where like the, the woman is so like anxious mm-hmm. that like she will not open for the man. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's like these physical things mm-hmm. and then much postpartum. less postpartum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hormones seasons, going up and yeah, down, yeah. uh, <laughs> porn addiction. Like there are so many things mm-hmm. that make sex difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's, and if, when we compare ourselves to things like Bridgerton, mm-hmm. it can make us feel really heartbroken. Like there's something we're doing wrong mm-hmm. and like, I think it can be good if we look at it as like that, that, that can be the vision of what it can be. But like a lot of people have, a lot of people have great marriages and a sex life that supports and that, that marriage in a really beautiful way that are not going to be having Simon and Daphne sex. You know what I mean? Like they literally have intimacy coordinators and choreographers, you know, and just, just like in the princess bride, they're fencing, but that's not what real fencing looks like. You know, like, that's not what real sex is like for most people most yeah. of the time. Like the way Tom Cruise flies jets in Top Gun is like <laughs> not the way most dog fights go. Um, you know, the way Jackie Chan does martial arts is not the way <laughs> most, you know, yeah. like it, there is some of it for TV. And when we compare ourselves to that, it can, it can make us feel like there's something wrong with us mm-hmm. when really it's just, it's just Hollywood. So I, I, I do want to kind of note that yeah, um yeah. so not to take so, away from anything yeah, you guys no. said because yeah. i agree no that's but, a good point yeah. and that in it kind of touches on what i wanted to say in the beginning but we kind of like went off but you you talked about like oh simon's experienced and daphne's you know not and all that stuff i wanted to say how you know like me and you for example we have different backgrounds before we were married um you had never had sex. Mm-mm. I had. Um, and, you know, when when we got married, I felt like you were more experienced than I was. Hmm. And I don't consider experience, now that I've been, like, in a married relationship, mecha- mechanics, to me, isn't experience now being in a married relationship. Um, it's an ability to, you know, communicate and make your heart vulnerable. And a lot of people who maybe are just, you know, hooking up and having a lot of sex, I mean, yeah, that's mechanics, but they have no idea how to make, you know, be vulnerable, be truly vulnerable, be truly intimate. So I think they're, um, yeah, just experience in my definition is, is, is very different Mm -hmm. than somebody who's just had a lot of sex. Cool. (laughs) I don't think you've ever told me that before, but cool. Glad we're podcasting. (laughs) That's good. So, well, and I think it's, I I think also just like, uh, and we can edit this out later if you feel like this, you're sharing too much. Uh, but I feel like even with us in 10 years, we've been married, like there's definitely been ups and downs, you Uh know? And like, um, a few weeks ago, I feel like we had some of the best sex of our marriage. And then like, so glad I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) But then like this weekend, it was really frustrating, you know? Uh And (laughs) anyway, we can edit this out, but I feel like, um, 
Anyway, just like I just, I, I we've been, we've been, yeah, I know you know. These conversations I know you already. know. <laughs> I assume you know pretty much everything. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I think that's important to have like somebody outside the relationship that you can talk to. Um, so I'm never With also keeping, sorry, to yeah, keeping, but still like keeping the respect of the, other, yeah, like, absolutely. Your spouse and, yeah. Um, um, but anyway, I share yeah. that because I feel like there are so many people out there that never get to talk about sex with anybody mm-hmm. and they're just like, am I the only one going through this? Am I the only one not having Daphne and Simon sex? And like, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like most people are not having Daphne and Simon sex. So, yeah. um, yeah. I think too, just the, the healing and restoration that can come through the sexual act within a marriage, no matter your past or your background, whether you've had experience or not, just like the open communication you can have with your spouse and it's continual. Like no matter how many years you've been married, like there's so many different seasons you can go through. Um, not just physically, but emotionally and, you know, um, just having that communication with each other. And then, like you said too, Mike, maybe having a friend that you can trust who has a similar, you know, is also married or somebody that you can talk to and have those conversations and saying like, Hey, this is what I'm going through. Um, it's just really important to know that, you know, you're not alone and that there are so many different seasons within marriage. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I might even suggest that like the conversation that you and I had like a day or so after the bad sex mm-hmm. was like more foundational. <laughs> I want to say bad, but frustrating. Sex, <laughs> you know, like that was like, that was better for our, our marriage overall and probably more of a, like that, like, I feel like that brought us closer than maybe good sex would have, you know? Like, yeah. so I think like what you were saying, like the, the interpersonal skills and knowledge and friendship mm-hmm. is more important than the mechanics. So mm-hmm. yeah, we can edit that out too. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> we'll listen to this later and decide uh, how vulnerable do we want to be with strangers on the but internet? But it led to so. a conversation, like you said, yeah, and like maybe the next time it's going to be the best. <laughs> we'll see. What are you doing in 10 minutes? No, <laughs> all right. So let's, let's bring this thing in for a landing. So, all right. What, uh, should, should people watch this show? Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's black and white. Yes or no. To be yeah, honest, because yeah. I'd say, um, who, who should no, not watch this show? I, well, I was just going to say, I think like know yourself, uh-huh. um, if you start feeling like really uncomfortable or like this is, I should not be watching this. I'd say either turn it off or maybe fast forward. I'd say like, I would recommend like either watch it with your spouse yeah. maybe. Cause I think it can lead to good conversations with, you know, with your spouse. Yeah. Um, I think or, it would be yeah. hard to watch as a scene. I was like, going to say, yeah, if you're I, single, if I I'd say single, probably I, don't watch that, it. Yeah. It, I think it would be, be I think hard. it gives, yeah. Like, like you said, Mike, I think if you were single, and maybe didn't have any sexual experience or anything, you would be like, oh, well, this is, this is what it's going to be like. Or, <laughs> or like, yeah, I think it could lead to, you know, yeah. especially if you struggle with masturbation or, yeah. you know, pornography, things like mm-hmm. that. I think I yeah. would say don't watch it. Yeah. That's what I was going to yeah. say is like, yeah. I don't, I don't think I could watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, cause that, yeah. that's, that's something I, I have struggled with. So yeah. I think yeah. it's like, or if you do yeah. watch it, I think you, you know, if you feel like you can watch it and, kind of watch it with a critical eye and it's not leading you to temptation or anything. Um, sometimes like with scary things, sometimes I'll watch them at like one and a half or double speed and oh, like do it while yeah. I'm on a bike or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're just not like as 
tuned in. Yeah. Tuned in. Yeah. So like it's not like affecting you emotionally it's as how much. I, how I got through Stranger Things season <laughs> four. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, as much as like I appre- like I think that the acting is pretty awesome, especially uh, Simon and Daphne and their dynamic and. I see all these Catholic undertones. I was telling Mike today, I was like, you know, they're, they're still people like Daphne and Simon are real people in the mm-hmm. real world. And like, like they, the act- actors, the are. actors mm-hmm. and like, they really put themselves out yeah. there, you know, and that right. kind of, yeah. you know, I can't imagine that being a very secure feeling mm-hmm. like, um, getting that, intimate and right yeah and stuff right. like for yeah. millions and millions of people yeah. to see and that just kind of like feels wrong that mm-hmm. I'm supporting that yeah so I, I definitely think someone could be like you know what because this is kind of because showing their bodies is kind of like exploitative I'm, I'm not going to watch it mm-hmm. and I, I think that would be a, you know I could see that being a good yeah. prudential judgment so yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'd um, say trust your gut trust your conscience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe just yeah don't even mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> But there are Catholic. But there are, yeah. There are well, and that this that's that's one of the reasons why I have this show is because there's so many things like in the that. first season. We didn't really talk about yeah, the second true. season yeah. much. As, but as like, I understand, the second season is like less it's, graphic, yeah, it's but way it's like, less graphic. But the but sex is all outside of marriage yeah, for the most part. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's. But like I said before, there is like pain then and like heartbreak and yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Very so, cool. Anyways, all right. So yeah. last thing I want to talk about. All right. So let's say. Uh, there is young single woman or man. I'll, I'll let you guys talk to the women. I'll talk to the men. Young single woman or man out there who is struggling with their sexuality. Maybe they're addicted to porn. Maybe they are single and they don't want to be and they're they're struggling in their singleness. Maybe they're in a relationship that is more sexual than they want it to be um, and they're not living up to the ideals. Like, I don't know, what's, what's your advice for a young woman um, a young a single woman who is just kind of adrift in this world that is so sexually promiscuous. Um, like, what, what's your advice for them? What, what's your advice for yourself like ten years ago? A, a woman who's trying to yeah, who wants my, wants yeah. to live purity and wants to live the way that God has has made us to love. You know. Yeah. Um, I think um, my advice would be one. Um, Trust in the mercy of God, first and foremost, and just, you know, don't beat yourself up too much. Um, I, you know, I've heard many priests say, like, you know, the devil's favorite tool is discouragement. Mm. And, you know, you're, whatever you're struggling with, and even if you do it again and again, um, you know, God, God loves you. And um, I think it can be hard to trust in his mercy and you kind of get stuck in a point because you're, um, you're, you're not forgiving yourself. Mm. Um, but you know, God does that for you. Like Mm. you, you know, and I think, um, I am like 110% advocate for therapy. Um, (laughs) I just think it's, it's great for, um, having somebody help you learn about yourself, maybe like getting to the root of where any addiction comes from or insecurities that are making it hard, um, for you to live the way you want to live. Um, you know, I, 
thinking back to, you know, me 10 years, well, we've been married for 10 years, yeah. so 15, 15 years, years yeah. ago, <laughs> um, you know, who you're hanging out with mm-hmm. yeah. is, is, is big. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be really hard because it's, it's hard to find a community of people who will even just lift you up, even if they don't agree with, you know, how you live or like they live differently, but like at least support you in that. Like, it's even hard to find that. Like, it's like, you know, the people I was hanging out with, it's just like first chance they could get to, you know, bring me down. They Mm -hmm. would. And, you know, that's not really a true friend yeah, Uh, or a true community that would, if, if they know how you're trying to live and stuff, not Mm -hmm. supporting you in that, even if they don't want to, they don't practice it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, therapy. Oh, and prayer, yeah. prayer life. Um, yeah. one hundred yeah. and yeah. a million percent. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. ditto. I was gonna say. Well, I was. I was <laughs> thinking too. Like just absolutely. Like immersing yourself with just even one good friend who can help like lead you along that path if you're like trying to turn things around. Just being able to confide in somebody and have somebody who wants to the same thing for you and is trying to pursue virtue. Um, and to like you, you were saying, just like, you know, his, his mercies are new every morning. Like mm-hmm. there's no, you can never, like his mercy cannot be outdone. Like there's nothing you could ever do that like the Lord is not going to be willing to forgive and, mm-hmm. um, and want to heal. And like I was saying before, like he's the ultimate romancer. He's always pursuing you and he wants, he wants your love and, and for you to love him. And, um, and just anything you can get your hands on, uh, JP2 Theology of the Body, that's kind of hard to just dive right into that, but just mm-hmm. podcasts, books, um, I'd say just anything on Theology of the Body. I just feel like that was my my big conversion. Like the first time I heard about Theology of the Body, my mind was just like, oh my gosh, it just totally changed the game, like you said, from like abstinence to chastity of mm-hmm. like, it's not this like, no, 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 these are the rules. Like it just became this like, this is the vision, this is like the heavenly banquet like Mm -hmm. this is for our good and this is how god's design was meant to be and it Mm -hmm. just elevated yeah sorry i'm going on a long tangent now but just elevated um just how god created us and who he created us to be and how he created us for each other and just um yeah i'm just a bit big advocate for theology of the body so anything. Uh, hi, highly <laughs> recommend christopher west who was on our yeah. youtube episode um yeah. he was probably the most famous theology of the body educator um so just go to christopherwest.com or Chris, just google him and you'll find he has a he has a website with mm-hmm. or, or a podcast with his wife and it's he's excellent and um there's also a new website i just found called good catholic sex it's it's kind of new so there's only like five blog articles or whatever but it's mostly for married couples they do have stuff for engaged couples but they get into like nitty-gritty like they're like the last blog post was on like lubrication and stuff <laughs> and so like it's i think it's a really good good resource we'll, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes i want to highlight just two things both you said like you talked about like the mercy, like God forgives, but you also talked about being willing to do the healing through prayer and therapy and relationship. And like so many people, like when they hear the word sin, they think it's like God has this list of bad things. And if you do a bad thing, he's going to hit you with a stick. And it's like, that's not it. It's like, 
God is being like, hey, these are the things to stay away from or to be careful with because if you use them in the wrong way, they're going to hurt you. And like the, the catechism says sin is a failure in love and those, those failures in love hurt us. And so what I hear you guys saying is like, God always forgives you. The way the reason he's telling you to stay away from stuff is not just because not because he's like up there getting mad, like, oh, I told you not to do that. It's because he 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 wants our he wants our healing, right? Mm-hmm. And like, so if you've done all this stuff, yes, there's absolute forgiveness for you, but you're also gonna have some work to do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's hard. So that if you can't avoid that stuff, it's great. But if you have, like, it's not it's not game over, you know. So I think that's that's a really encouraging. Um, message. I have, I, have, I have nothing to add. I have one quote here I want to stare, uh, share from a, a Jesuit priest. I've been reading a, a book on the Ignatian uh, exercises, Father Andrew Ravier, I'm probably, uh, Andre Ravier, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but he says, man should make use of created things insofar as they help him in the attainment of his destiny and that he should have nothing to do with them insofar as they're an obstacle or a hindrance to him. So that's kind of my, my motto when it comes to shows like this, is if watching a show like this is helping you in holiness go ahead and watch. If it's not helping you in holiness, don't watch it. <laughs> if it's helping you be a better person, watch it. If it's not, then don't. So that's that's kind of my final thought on this. If you have thoughts on any of this stuff, we would love to hear what you have to say in the comments. And even if you don't agree with us, that's fine. We're here to learn from each other. It's a dialogue. That's that's part of what we do here on this show. And uh, that's we, we, we hope you chime in with that. I'm sure there's some things we said or we didn't say that you would disagree with or we wish we'd said or we wish we'd said a little bit differently. And that's that's fine. You're still welcome here. Even if you don't agree with everything, last thing we said, we hope that uh, you can listen with an open heart and an open mind. And if there's someone that uh, you think would benefit from this show, please just uh, share it with them. That's the best way you can support what we do here at Pop Culture Catechism. I always ask my guests if they would close us in a prayer. Would one of you be willing to close us in a, a, a short prayer? If I'll, not, I'll close in prayer since you did the opening. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you so much for um, Mike and Maddie. Thank you for the witness of their marriage, for their openness and vulnerability with each other and um, sharing with one of us, all of us here. Um, thank you for thank you for the gift of marriage. Thank you for giving us this beautiful um, imagery of of heaven, of true love, and just please help us to continue to pursue um, love no matter our vocation, help us to will the good of the other, and just um, be with us, Lord, and thank you for, thank you for the opportunity to um, come together and have these conversations. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Emily, for being here and being open and and for Thanks for letting me third wheel it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Tom, who's at home watching the kids. Um, If you would like to support this show as a patron, like uh, Tom and Emily do, uh, you can go to popculturecatechism.com and become a monthly patron. There are six levels that you can give at and you get perks. There's perks for each one of those levels to pick something that fits your monthly tithe or fits your budget and you get access to exclusive content um, for every episode that I have a little bit extra for, for each one and all the talks that I also do in my speaking ministry, I put in there as well. I have a new one that I just gave on finding Jesus in the old Testament. So if you're in for a little Bible nerd stuff, that's in there as well. Um, and also I just, uh, put in uh, reviews of the new stranger things, uh, series that'll be in there as well. So lots of good stuff in the awaken app. The awaken app is not just for patrons. The awaken Catholic app is free for everyone. It has a Catholic prayer library that's trilingual in Spanish and English and Latin. It's got a Catholic music library, Catholic prayer 
library, lots of good stuff, and also just a good Catholic uh, Christian community for like-minded folks uh, who don't want some of the toxicity that's in some of the other social media stuff. And then if you are a patron of one of the eight shows on uh, Awaken Catholic, then you also get access to a bunch of premium content, both for the show that you sponsor and a bunch of other stuff. There's a bunch of stuff over Lent. Um, so there's lots of cool premium content with more coming all the time. So uh, I want to give a special thank you to our patrons who support this show, especially Tom and Emily Camberiati, um, Carl and Melissa Gore, Lisa and Bob Tenney, Mag and, uh, Maggie and Steve Hubbard. One more thing. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie, for being such a good sport. She's so tired. But I wanted to tell you about our patron-exclusive content for this episode. We're going to be talking about our tips on sex for newlyweds. So if you want to know what our sex tips are for newlyweds, uh, you can join at popculturecatechism.com, and that will be in there with all the other exclusive content. Uh, thank you guys so much for all you do, and thank you, dear listeners, for listening, and uh, we will see you next time.